In this episode of Movie Wallers, we talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, and Happening. It's time for Movie Wallers. Um, <laughs> did I get that completely wrong? It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Greetings. So clearly, we're not doing these enough because Joe is completely forgetting everything. You know, each just, episode. Just, just, just. You're in a world of your own. I know. Well,. <laughs> You know, it has been a long time since the three of us were in the same space it's true. recording a podcast That's using this true. live device that I have here to mix the music in. So, yeah. And we couldn't hear it, so we didn't know what you were doing. So we were just waiting for your cue. Well, that's because the pair of you steadfastly refused to wear headphones. No, I, I didn't well, have I'm any. happy to. Yeah. <laughs> where, so where are your headphones, Jesse? Rashmi, where are your My headphones? headphones? Well, you are own everything in the house. So I'm just making a point here. For me. No one's here with their headphones recording amateurs. I'm trying to do a professional podcast. Yeah, all yeah. I have is, all I have is the pair of you. Tell someone who cares. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, clearly not enough movie while as um, as of late. Practice. It's the year. The year is still not clicking. It hasn't into, clicked into, into gear yet. July. When is it going to click? I know. That's my point, right? Like <laughs> there, there isn't a movie groove yet, right? Things kind of pop up. Yeah. Things it's, start. You know. Remember pre-pandemic how the world was we were we used to do three screenings a week at some times i know yeah. we're lucky oh, that, if we're doing that was every week yeah, yeah we're lucky if we're doing like one every other week now that's yeah. that's a good that's a good portion of time so it's oh, like, not stopping us from watching things no and it's also good for our health that's true because lo- lo- lots of recording means lots of crispy puffy cookie things that we always eat Ooh. and when yeah. we record less we eat less of those things and we're having lovely crisp- they're, they're literally I'm, called I'm, puffy crisp yeah so i'm going to bring with up the glazed picture. they are called puffy crisp cookies with glazed sugar uh, and let me yeah, the, <laughs> the description of them is lightly glazed puff pastry cookies golden brown to perfection Made in Argentina. They're really delicious. They are, you haven't had one yet, have we, you? We got them in Ranch 99, which yeah. is kind of like the Asian supermarket. Why yeah. are Argentinian cookies there? Because I think Asian people, us included, like these kind yes. of interesting little cookies with a cup of tea. Mm. This is perfect tea fodder, right? As we are doing right now. I, yeah, I, guess I can taste are. just a hint of coconut. Really? Maybe not. I think you're very sensitive to coconut. Maybe I am, yeah. Do you like coconut? You sh- uh, yes. Okay. okay but I love coconut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get vanilla and crisp. Anyway, I will yeah, Instagram I too, yeah. the packet. You can get them from Ranch 99. Yeah, and they're places. delicious. They are delicious. Go, but they're really and and the, they're called poats. Those are, those are the chips. Those are the chips, yeah. They're so extremely we, we thin chips. Crispy, not greasy potato chips. My my, but what what does it mean? My pot, my p o t e. My potato. Although I short think my pot is now short for potato. I don't my know. My pot, like my potato. Potato. Is it? <laughs> that's. Uh, it sounds vaguely sexual. Yeah. My pot. Really? My pot. Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. My pot. My pot. Uh, I don't know. That's politically incorrect. Somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyhow. Anywho. 
I've so. also noticed that the theaters mm-hmm. seem to have fewer movies playing. So, for example, yes. you know, your your Top Gun is has like a showing every 20 minutes. Yeah. And, you and know, so it should. Um, well, and, and your, you know, uh, Jurassic Park. So it's like there is more theaters showing playing the same movie yeah. versus having more movies and fewer theaters. So mm. I think it's a consequence of what you were saying is that movies haven't gotten in a groove yet. And I think there's a lot of people who are still very reluctant to be in a cinema. Yeah. yeah. Well, the rates are going up again, too. Mm-hmm. So I made a vow that we should not discuss COVID on this podcast. I didn't tell either of you about that. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> we, yeah, should, we should but, not say anything more then. But you're right. I think there are people who are still squeamish for good reason uh, mm-hmm. uh, about going back into theatres. Although I haven't heard, and I'm completely destroying my vow here but i haven't heard of any super spreader events in a movie theater but no. it stands to reason that a packed theater might be not the healthiest place to be still we've mm-hmm. been watching stuff elsewhere too yeah. so i guess before we jump into our, our three movies of the week let's talk about that so you want to talk about movies we've been watching and things we've been watching yeah isn't that called i can't find anything to watch on all right i'll do the thing i'll do the thing i can't can't find find anything anything to watch watch on on vod (laughs) joe is trying to like change the no i'm just rusty the segment i'm just rusty okay (laughs) yes what have you been watching on i know we're going to cover one of your movies yazdi so we'll leave that one aside but other than that what have you been watching the I have a recommendation, and as always, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to give two recommendations, but they're related, and they're both on Hulu. So if you are a Hulu member, then pronto, I say... Or you have a good friend who gives you their password. That too, yes. But pronto, um, go watch the show The Bear. I keep hearing about this. So The Bear is everything I like about in life, which is food and restaurants and crazy people in restaurants who are <laughs> running a restaurant yeah and it's about this this man who is a very well-trained cook who abandons everything to come take over the sandwich shop that his brother used to run in Philadelphia after his brother dies oh. unexpectedly and it's this clash of high cuisine versus you know, more basic cuisine. It's about people who are set in their ways. It's about the meaning of food and it's about uh, family dynamics. It's just wonderful. And it's shot like you might, you might shoot um, like something at ER. So it has the frantic pace of, of, you know, like making a sandwich, making like, like people coming and things are happening and the, and the, and the, and the pasta is not ready and this is not ready. And he has to do things and somebody's shouting and his, you know, rent is due and it's just, it's so beautifully done. And it has one of my favorite actors who played lip on shameless. I don't know. Yeah. I think he's the lead, right? Yes. He is the lead. He's so good. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you watch the first episode, you'll be hooked. It's only 25, 20, 22 minutes per episode. I'm five episodes in, and now I'm saving them because it's so much fun. Sounds very bingeable. Very yes. bingeable, very well written. Jeremy Allen White. That's who it is. Um, just uh, very nice. So The Bear um, on Hulu. And then my related pick is, um, everybody knows that during the, oh, I'm sorry, we were going to not talk about the pandemic, but during the pandemic, my, my, my biggest comfort food was watching the Great British Bake Off. And I ran out of the Great British Bake Off because I watched them all. And I'm very delighted to find that there is a similar show on Hulu, also British, called 
best cook, best home cook ever. And it's got Mary Berry, and it's got who's two amazing. Other, I love amazing. Mary Berry. And it's got two other judges. There are ten people who compete to be the best home cook, and they frown upon people, you know, making things which are very chefy. So it's meant to be good. Like if you're calling people over to your home, the kind of home food that you cook, and it's immensely comforting. Everybody, all the competitors, instead of fighting with each other, they help each other. They give each other things. Well, that's boring. No, it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. Okay. So anyway, those are my two recommendations. Okay. Best. Best British Home Cooks and The Bear. Okay, interesting. I have another series yes. um, that I'm going to recommend that Joe and I just binge watched the first season and it's Euphoria. And we were a bit late to the Euphoria party. Mm -hmm. um, and this stars Zendaya and it's um, basically an American teen drama um, written by Sam Levinson, specifically for HBO. And I didn't know this. It's actually based on an Israeli miniseries of the same name. Um And Joe, remember we at one of the Tribeca Film Festivals saw a film, uh, saw a film. I think it may be based with the same actor, actress mm. um, that was in that one. Anyway, I won't say much more than that, but um, this is really good. It has, um, it took us probably about two and a half episodes to get into it. Um, it's eight episodes, season one, and then there is a season two that just wrapped up this year. Um, really good. And I'm very, very impressed by, you know, it's a fairly young cast mm -hmm. and each of them, I think, has an Emmy moment. I mean, it's really good drama. Yeah, I was not, um, goodness. I, As taken? Yeah, well, I, I looked at, You know, we, we sat down to watch the first episode and I kind of liked the pop video-ness of it, but I, I, I wasn't gripped by the story. And, and what I mean by that, it's a very visual, it's, it's very, very, everything is incredibly well directed, casted. They do these montages at the beginning of every episode, which set the scene for like a particular 16 years of life character's right? background, yeah. their motivations. It gives you a, a whole kind of backstory. Um, but the first couple of episodes were really just lots of random. It was basically like shock therapy of of um, the life of the modern teenager. There were drugs, there was sex, there was. Mm -hmm. uh, you know just just lots and lots of things that people were dealing with in their kind of teenage lives and the adults around them as well and but it was just it, it was very full-on and I kind of liked that um poppiness of it and then it generated into something a little bit more conventional by the by the time you kind of in act three of the season um but it works really well performances are absolutely impeccable one of the things that I like that HBO does is this behind the episode thing and you got to meet each each well many of the main members of cast who you can tell that this was something deeply personal to all of them they got a hand in making the character yeah they, they did it so yeah euphoria it's it's just it i enjoyed the heck out of it yeah i'll be i'll be honest about that i, I think you know it started off a little kind of shaky but give it a chance let it let it take you on its journey it's it's really quite something yeah It's made some pretty big stars of out of some of the lead actors. Right. So mm. uh, Sydney Sweeney, yes. who who was in uh, the hotel one, the hotel, the White Lotus. Yes, you know she 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 started the, off in she's Euphoria. She's a toxic teen. The toxic yeah, teen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, she yeah. started off in Euphoria. Uh, Jacob Elordi, who is in a lot of he's you know he's in a lot of stuff right now. He started off Zendaya, of course, started off, and I think that it it was quite controversial because um, there have been 
questions about so Sam Levinson he's the writer director and maker but there's a lot of question about how how much is the show realistic versus you know tipping into being exploitative when it comes to you know depicting the real life world of teenagers and there's a lot of nudity and there's a lot of you know, teenagers doing a lot of things they shouldn't so I mean any, anything which kind of prompts that inquiry is probably pissing somebody off which is a good thing so yeah, I, so, yeah I can't yeah, I, I never somehow well it, I, I don't have HBO but yeah I, I really want to see it what I will say is it requires open mindedness because mm-hmm. um, and 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 the, 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 what I will also say is that um it very cleverly exploits my own biases and and turns them against me, which is wonderful, right? I love those moments when I kind of think of myself as as open minded and with it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, that that situation wasn't what I expected. So um, yeah, very good. But yeah, it requires it, it's difficult watching. Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend watching it with your teenager unless you want to maybe understand. Uh, how how their world might be. I certainly hope their world isn't like this, but um, yeah, good stuff. And your pick? Um, I mean... Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. You know, I'm not going to do the one we talked okay, about. Okay, good. Okay. I'm not going to do the one we talked about. That'll, I'll save that for later. The, the, the What I will talk about is uh, Star Wars Obi-Wan. Yes. So um, as, as a result of... Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I... I guess we have that fancy Amex card uh, that gives us free Disney Plus. Um, but we signed up for Disney Plus and really didn't find much to watch on it. It's of all the services, it's the one that I find. You know, it, there's, there's things that pop up on it. Most that, that disposable kind of good, if but, you haven't got children. I but think. if you haven't, yeah, if you're, if not, you're not really yeah. into Marvel and Star Wars and that kind of stuff. But kept hearing things about Obi Wan, so we gave it a go, and um, it was an enjoyable little season. Yeah. It was good. It was smart that they made it a six-part series. Yeah, I mean, versus another film like Solo, which I thought was awful. It's not perfect, but you know what I I like most about it was it felt entirely consistent with episodes one, two, and three. In that, uh, and I hate being critical, but the screenwriters could have done a better job with some of the dialogue. Right, the the story could have been tightened up here and there nips and tucks and so you're constantly looking at these kind of things but i have to remind myself that this is also aimed at younger viewers so it shouldn't have the level of sophistication of a you know christopher nolan movie um and it was just a really good fun little romp um with a with a a baby leah you know we had baby yoda with a mandalorian and this is with a a baby princess leah so does she um, have princess leah no not yet (laughs) but it's coming you can see it um but yeah that was that was a fun little fun little season we we tore through it pretty quickly and you know more than anything it's made with love and it has enormous heart and i can't knock any any move any series that that kind of takes me on its journey like that so um yeah fun stuff very good okay that was lots of banter let's get to business then shall we mm-hmm. uh, Thor Love and Thunder good luck to you Leo Grand and happening so one two three yes D, get started with Thor so the great Taika Waititi and I don't use the word great lightly but the great Taika Waititi has made uh, directed wonderful wonderful films such as Jojo Rabbit Uh, He did What We Do in the Shadows. He did Hunt for the Wilder People. People. 
Uh, and then most, I think for most people, you know, his uh, coming out was uh, Thor Ragnarok, which came out, uh, I believe, f- five, six years ago. And he completely kind of course weird the, the Thor franchise within the Marvel Universe, within Avengers, because the first two films were directed by uh, Kenneth Branagh. And here he is uh, making the fourth film uh, for Thor, under, under Thor's... Uh, series of films and it's called Thor Love and Thunder and the writers are Taika Waititi, Jennifer Caton Robinson and then of course Stan Lee is given credit for because it's a Marvel based movie um, and the one line summary is that Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight Gore the god butcher who intends to make the gods extinct the cast for this film is uh, pretty remarkable. Chris Hemsworth plays Thor. Natalie Portman plays Jane, Dr. Jane Foster. Christian Bale plays the god butcher, Gore himself. Tessa Thompson plays King Valkyrie. Taika Waititi voices Korg. Russell Crowe is here as the god Zeus himself. And then there are too many other big name uh, cameos here for me to even bother to call out or try to call out. So um, this is the movie that is playing in 37 cinemas around you right now. So what do you guys think of Thor, Love and Thunder? Okay, so I can't even remember how this ends or what really happened during the movie, but I can tell you I had a damn good time watching this. So here's the thing. Know what you're going to watch and just sit back and relax and enjoy the caper for what it is. I really enjoyed this movie. It's thoroughly entertaining. Joe? Yeah, I can't I can't knock it for wanting and for working hard to try and entertain. Um, but Ragnarok was such a breath of fresh air, right? We had seen Marvel done a hundred times with this weight and this heft. And I think it came at a time when, you know, the finger snap of that um, Josh Brolin character, I can't remember what his name is, but, you know, the guy that destroys the entire universe. Thanos. <laughs> Thanos, thank you. You're going to have the army of I Marvel know, lovers. I was like, what, jumping. Joe, you can't remember Thanos? It's, 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 it's enough that I remember the snap. Um, because I find all of these movies kind of, like you say, they're disposable. They, they, you watch them in the moment, but they coming in that but yes sure okay send me hate mail if uh, if you're a marvel fan um i can deal with it but no ragnarok was was so so offbeat and had wickedly funny moments and this movie felt very similar and that's the only thing i have ish- issue with is that it works really hard it's really very funny in places. I mean, the screaming goats. Yeah. Um, just, just you know, they tickle me. It's yeah. a very, very funny little, um, you know, game that they play with that. Um, but I do feel like it's been done before and it started to wear out its welcome. Taika Waititi has a very specific brand of humour that... Um, I love. I, I really enjoy it too. But it's a little too Taika Waititi yeah. for me. So um, very, I, I love that it tried and worked so hard to entertain me and it is entertaining and you won't not have a good time watching it. But I kind of wanted more. The bar had been set higher. It's got that. It's it's almost that it's done that sequel thing of 
it needed to be twice as good to be received half as well. Yeah. Yazdi. So everything what Joe said. I I am the biggest Taika Waititi fan. I love everything he does. And with this movie, I think he's in danger of really over like like too much of a good thing. I'm I'm starting to get a little tired. He's been in, he's been acting in so many movies. He has his own he has at least two television shows that he's yeah. writing and he's directing this movie. This is what I wrote. You know, is this movie spectacularly bad or have I just lost the ability to have fun? <laughs> Because there was I liked nothing about this movie. Oh, no. It just it, really? it just grated on me. It grated and grated and grated. Listen, I I, I I sound like a killjoy. Maybe I was having a bad evening. I don't know what it was, but it just there's nothing there. And like you, Joe, I love Ragnarok because it was a breath of fresh air and it it really completely turned around what was a very serious, you know, you know, belabored, you know, uh, narrative about Thor and made it fun and kind of anachronistic, but. Here it's like, why is there an ABBA song playing? Why are there so many guns you know, and roses? Guns and, yeah, roses yeah. and, and the whole thing, even even the CGI with, you know, when when they are with the gods seemed, you know, oh, I know it's intentional, but it was so tacky. So anyway, maybe maybe I need to watch it again after a glass of wine or something. But this, I just couldn't wait for it to end. It It, it, it was just bereft of charm. You know, a lot of people found Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman has a wonderful big arc in this movie. But yeah, that was so... I, and I know that that comes from the comic books. It's not what Taika Waititi has written himself. But it just weighed everything down, I thought, you know, about her and her story and what's happening to her in real life. And yeah, it's weird. I, I rarely... Hate, hate, hate a movie, but I was just like, please end this movie. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You yes. can get the hate mail then. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm going to get the hate mail. Big <laughs> and, and again, I don't think this is Taika Waititi's best work. Um, and I agree with you. Maybe there's a little bit of oversaturation now of him. Mm -hmm. of his, his star has risen so big that we're in danger of being oversaturated with that type of humor, which I absolutely love. I mean, What We Do in the Shadows is one of my favorite all-time movies. Um I think the issue is that it's to the, the the Natalie Portman arc, um, and it's the only arc in the movie, yeah, right? There's nothing else. Yeah. Is um, it's tonally inconsistent yeah. with the rest of the larkiness of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that it Christian Bale is a great baddie. I love Christian Bale as the as the antagonist. And again, that also seemed quite serious, but then it didn't fit with the Natalie Portman story and then mm. the other stuff that's going on. So I think I think he just stretched himself a little bit too far. I think there was a little bit too too much filler. And if if they had concentrated more on those two stories, that would have made for a much better movie. So the... Um But gore, it's so entertaining. It is, yeah. It, yeah. Gore, the God Butcher is in a totally different movie. And yeah. that's the movie I want to see because he is well, so good. I, I thought I thought the best thing about the movie is Christian Bale. Yeah. He's compelling. Every time he was on the screen, I was like, it's it's not easy. This has been done to death, you know, this this kind of Shakespearean bad guy who, you know, you almost understand, you do understand where he's coming from. There's a, 
like you know like uh, Black Panther the bad guy was you kind of almost from pain right yeah. the bad guy where you the, were rooting where for the, the bad yeah. guy you understood his pain and right. I, I, same with Spider-Verse Spider-Verse too so I really really liked that movie but may, maybe I'm just getting tired of the goofiness and <laughs> I'm going to expose you even further yes. to, the, to the hate mail here but you did miss the prologue, Yazdi. I did miss thank, 10 thank minutes you. of the prologue because of stupid chicken nuggets that AMC <laughs> says I, will take three minutes and they take 20 minutes to I make. I know. But I, no, was, I but, have uh, to say, wait, wait. I marvel at Yazdi's commitment to chicken nuggets because I love me a good chicken nugget. But your commitment, Yazdi, to chicken nuggets was like... <laughs> they said three minutes. And it was like 10 minutes. I, know, we, I, 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 I feel somewhat responsible because we were like, oh yeah, you've got loads of time. Go, get food. And then... <laughs> you didn't come back and the movie started and we, Rashmi, no, and I I gave- lo- Rashmi and I looked at each other we were like oh shit the movie's starting like call yesterday we can't because we couldn't get our phones out because it was an advanced screening right, because we right, had security right. there and so we had this whole moment of no I, I tried to give you a rundown <laughs> yes yes you did and I okay. really appreciate it yeah, yes, through like, the whole yeah. movie yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Rashmi was explaining to okay. me because maybe that that would explain your disconnect from some maybe. of it but because um, yes. the, the prologue was, was 10 minutes long extraordinarily <laughs> heavy time. Though. It, but it was heavy was. The it movie was very started really and then it got really silly yeah but yeah I mean again going back to the, the things we said it worked so hard to entertain and I think it reminded me of those kind of non-Pixar animations you know the kind of the DreamWorks mm-hmm. where where every every other line of dialogue has to have a punchline mm-hmm. that's exhausting yeah right? that's true yeah and this movie felt insecure in some ways that if there wasn't a joke in every scene and a couple of jokes then the scene had failed. So, you know, it was just, it was... That, it's that, trying it's too hard. trying too hard, well, then right? It, and then I think it less a is more. Well, then it became a little when there was this kind of play going on with, you know, like with... Um, yeah, with these cameos. Like uh, cameos by... Uh, you don't need to tell them. Yeah, yeah okay. But, yeah. but th- I was like, what? Yeah, what I was, was like, going what? on and here? And I'm like, why are those actors here? Why are those A-list actors yes, here? Because like, they want to be in a Marvel it. movie, I think. No, because it's a lot. Well, because Taika Waititi... Because Taika Waititi called his favours. Extraordinarily talented. And who wouldn't want to be in one of his movies, right? He gets he has that power now. Yeah. But yeah, it's you know what it feels like do you remember how stunned we were by you know when Mike Myers did um, Groovy uh, Austin Austin Powers Powers. and we all loved the first Austin Powers and then by the time the second one came along it was a little bit try too hard still entertaining but yeah still entertaining The Spy Who Shagged Me is a a try too hard title yeah exactly and then number three Gold Member is like just a bad title yeah yeah um, it feels a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're all having fun. I'll give you that. Like Russell Crowe yeah. is having the time of his life. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing some exaggerated Greek accent. But yeah. anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 can, yes. Um, I can sum this one up. So I didn't love this, um, but I was, and I wasn't thunderously applauding, applauding at the end of it, but I had a great time at the movies. And again, I can't tell you what happened, but it's entertaining if you go in the right mood. So I'll give this one. This is a solid six out of ten. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, I, I give it complete props for for wanting to to give me a good time. Uh, but I guess the biggest indicator of it is I snoozed through an entire scene. I was tired, but the whole uh, scene with um, Russell Crowe. 
I I just snoozed through. I did. And, I was rubbing and then my I, eyes. So yeah, same, well, same difference. Yeah, yeah same. It couldn't keep my interest because it was, I, I was just exhausted by its its thing. And then I kind of got back into it, but you know that that's a horrible thing, right? That's that was such an important scene, and it couldn't keep my attention. So yeah, six out of ten, because honestly, um, do something different, Wika, please. Well, you're so talented. Yeah, he's so talented, yeah. and I'll for, forever pray at the church of Taika Waititi. But but you know, he, the movie's going for this souffle thing, like very light and fluffy, and it just felt very weighted down to me. And it, it at times it felt like, you know, SNL does a better job with this kind of. St- he he was trying to send up the whole thing, and then it it the parody became a parody of itself. So. Again, maybe that's a I, great way to explain it. Yeah, maybe maybe I need to watch it again when I'm in a better mood and after no, I've I had a beer or so. But anyway, uh, a very generous five out of ten for me. Yeah. Okay, on then to our next movie, which is Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. And I have the intro for that, and I want to keep calling this Good Luck, Leo Grande, but it is actually like you said, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Leo Grand. Oh my God! See, it keeps happening. It's a horrible. Well, because tip. there's an E at the end. I know, but it sounds movie. like the Rio Grande. That's right. what it's meant to be. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, this is a story about a woman called Nancy Stokes, who's a 55-year-old widow, who's yearning for some adventure, human connection, and some sex, some good sex. So this is directed by um, Sophie Hyde, and um, it's written by um, Katie Brand. Um, and basically it stars um, Emma Thompson, the lovely Emma Thompson, and... Um, Daryl McCormack. And Daryl McCormack. Um, and then there's a few others, but it's basically the two of them carrying this movie. Um, so this is a Hulu release, um, direct to streaming, and a lot's been made about this movie and about um, the brave performance by Emma Thompson um, and how she's waited to do a movie like this. Was it worth the wait? Yazdi, why don't you start us off? I'm a sucker for a good script. Uh, and I think this is a very good script. Um, in many ways, it's like a chamber piece. It's just the two actors. This could be a very, very good stage play. Uh, almost the entirety of the movie happens in a hotel room. Um, and I was at sometimes I could see the gears turning a little bit. It seemed a little contrived in terms of how these two characters help each other out, you know, and make each other better for having met. But I, I am generally a sucker for movies about two unlikely people getting together and somehow, you know, each one has changed for better or worse. Um, the script is great. The acting is good. Uh, I think the last half an hour of the movie really surprised me in terms of its insights, in terms of, you know, people acting a little contrary to expectation. And then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, of course, it makes sense. So um, we don't see movies like this being made anymore. And we don't see uh, actors, you know, being so vulnerable. Uh, so really good script, wonderful acting. There's a lot to love in this film. Joe. I admired it, but I could never get close to it because mm. I think ultimately it felt too contrived. And I think, um, you know, so, you know, let's call it what it is, right? So we have... What is it? Yeah, have, well, I was going to say, <laughs> what are you going to call yeah, it? No, no we, ha- we have... Um, 
a, a, a lonely widowed person mm-hmm. um, engaging with a sex worker. But really, this sex worker isn't a traditional garden variety sex worker. Not that I have any experience of sex workers, yes. but <laughs> this is a sex therapist. This is a personal therapist with like wisdom and insight. I couldn't get past that piece of it, right? And that may or may not be the movie's fault. Of course, every movie is a contrivance. I couldn't quite click into um, the reality of this character. Just, I, I couldn't buy it. But it's a very, very, it's a very beautiful thing to watch and play out. So I don't want to make it like I hated it. It just, I couldn't, I couldn't bond with it in the way that it was trying to get me to. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I really love this movie. And I think, Yazdi, you said it could play like a chamber piece. For mm-hmm. me, it played like a, it could be a stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it probably has something to do with the fact that maybe this film was made during pandemic. And so it was kind of an easy piece to do all in one place, etc. Look, Emma Thompson is always sensational in mm-hmm. anything she does. Um and this is a really brave, vulnerable, raw performance from her. I really felt the pain and the vulnerability of being a middle-aged woman um, who's been sheltered all her life. So I think just from that perspective, it was just such a beautiful exploration of of characters and what they go through and, um, you know, so what are you guys doing? Okay. Sorry, there was a dead spider on the floor that clearly the cat has assassinated. Okay, it was like, I kept Anna. seeing your head bobbing up and down. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> we were distracted by yes, the spider. Yes, we were very yes, distracted. And I was like, yes, don't me. pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. And then I saw like hand gestures. It was yeah. very bizarre. But anyway, um, I really like this, Joe, and I, I agree with you. It's a highly unlikely situation. But I really liked it for what it brought out and how each character needed the other in some ways. Um, and, and I just, again, I'll put it down to it's a beautiful character exploration, if not a little bit overcooked. And let me end. just interject before Yasti responds, which is, I don't think I hated this movie. Yeah. I wanted to be in tears with yeah, its journey. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And I never got to even feeling slightly connected with what was ultimately um, uh, uh, Emma Thompson's, you know, change from where she was at the beginning to uh, where she was at the end. Yeah. Needed, needed to, I was expecting to be like blown away by, by that, that, you know, that moment yeah. of somebody who's, who's struggling with life to somebody who kind of now has a whole new spectrum of, of worldview and didn't get there for me. Uh, that's a very fair point. So I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I was hoping to be utter, utterly devastated by the film and I wasn't. But then I thought about it and I'm like, that's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going through what the Emma Thompson's character is going through. Right. I'm certainly not going through what Leo Grand is going through. But just watching these two people interact for me was reward enough. And, and like you said, we underestimate, just think about some other actor in Emma Thompson's place and it would have come off awkward or silly or fake or pandering and it's never pandering. So I, every reaction shot that Emma Thompson makes is consistent with her character, even when it's surprising, you know, how she reacts. And then within the context of where she is, it's so believable. And I think 
we you know Emma Thompson gets to play kooky characters these days and you know big budget movies and she doesn't get a chance to show everything she's capable of as an actor and this is a wonderful showcase for her and then i also get your point about not every sex worker is like that and and the movie kind of also reminded me only because it's kind of similar in theme to the sessions remember the movie with helen hunt yes very much the yes. john oh, what's his name john john hawkins, hawkins. Yes, yeah, yes yes yeah. yes great callback yeah but i think both of those movies are kind of advocating for the belief that a sex worker is a therapist if they're doing their job well right if they're not judging the person if they are being there unequivocally without a question without any kind of sordidness associated with it you know and and i think there is a piece of dialogue in there saying that you know if there were if the government paid for sex workers then there would be a lot less Yes. you know wars in the world and i at some level buy that and i and i i like the fact that like the sessions this movie is very sex positive it's not she feels a lot of shame but he never does and because he he knows who he is until until he doesn't so i like that whole you know the power kind of shifts between the two of them during the course of the movie in terms of who's driving this relationship if you want to even call it that so that a script can do all of these relatively subtle things and i granted it and, didn't devastate me i thought it was pretty amazing yeah and i loved all of those things too because i think you know it, it was it was presenting a particular point of view about right. um about sex work in general mm-hmm. which i thought it did really well it was just when it started to complicate it with the relationship stuff mm-hmm. that um I, I get, you know, the Emma Thompson character is emotionally complicated, right? She's been widowed, and so, you know, some of that stuff kind of plays it. But when it, that, that, to me, started to bog the movie down with unnecessary kind of um, interactions. Like, to me, it lost its reality at that point, right? Uh, but then it, it would have been a very short movie. I know. I'm, I'm, but I'm just telling you why I sure, failed to why, connect with it. Why, right? yeah. why, why, yeah, these, why you have a distance the, from it. These yeah. are the reasons that I was like, oh, I wish it hadn't taken that direction because, you know, at the beginning, I'm like, you know, I can buy this. Oh, okay, now I can, you know, it's not necessarily realistic, but it... it, it it's believable. It's, it's credible. No, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's making a statement, right? This, is mo- this movie, I think, is trying to say... Maybe we should think our own. We think our own biases. What are we doing societally with this, this type of um, situation? Right? We we vilify people, and we shouldn't be vilifying. Uh, you know, neither the um, the person who the, the person or the yeah the, you know, the person selling or the person buying. Right? The, these are no different to somebody um, who has a need for I don't know um, any kind of service. Uh, there's a need and there's a want and there's a supply and we should have that figure out. Why are we so prudish around that? Love that. That was that was superb. It was just then it kind of trips over itself, I think, with trying to build a deeper connection between the two. And you know, who knows? I mean, maybe that that's maybe that's the, the what what really happens. But I mean, I like the fact that it explored, you know, the the sort of the inside voice. I think a lot of women at that age have around what is beauty. How am I judged? Is it okay for me to do this? Um, so I like those aspects and I like how it, honest it is about 
how she feels about her children. That was, we've never, we don't often see that, yeah. right? We don't see that image of yeah. a mother, which I thought was really good. Um, we're starting to see it a little bit more, but you know, that kind of- a lot these days, but- Yeah, okay. but that's what I'm saying now. So that was refreshing. I feel like they made the, the, the sex worker character just a little bit too angelic, but I guess he's being paid for his work, right? He seemed like a flawless character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I wish that we had seen a little bit more realism around that, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like he's a very well-dressed, almost escort let, type. Let's, let's flip the genders in this and see if the movie still works. And I don't know that it does. And I don't think that's the point. But that was kind of like... But there have been a hundred movies like that. Have there? I think so. About it's older, older the only one that I can. But older men and younger women. It's the history of cinema. Yeah. <laughs> not not in, in a sexual way. I know. In but this kind of transactional way, right? I think if you flip the genders, suddenly you get a lot more judgy about the older man buying the services, right? You but do. He's, but he's very gone. And you get. You'd certainly be a lot more judgy about the female selling the services, right? So I'm just saying it. It, it doesn't. Those are the kind of questions that it, it prompted in my head. And I was like, I don't know that I'm close enough to this movie to get, get its thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see your point. I mean, I, I, I think he's the script, at least, is very careful to say, because at one point her character says that I feel awful or something for buying you. And he corrects her. He says, you're not buying me. You're buying a service from me. Hmm. And then, you know... That's true, yeah. And then at one point... Um, she says, um, but, you know, paying money for sex is illegal. And he's like, but you're not paying to have sex with me. You're paying to, to spend time with me to, you know, for my company. And if we as both consenting, consenting adults, adults, during the time that we are spending together, if we choose to have sex, that's our business. That's nobody else's. It's kind of a, you know, it's tell kind of, it to the judge. I know. It's, yeah, but it's, yeah. But it's circumventing the whole issue, which at some, I, I kind of believe that at some level. The other thing which this movie reminded me of, especially in its very last act, is something that I've never seen on on in movies. Um, it was in a short story uh, by Jim Palairi that I had read a long time ago. But it's when we repeatedly go to someone. Like you may go to a hairstylist or you may go to a personal trainer or you may go to your doctor or somebody. You like to think that you have a special bond with them, right? You like to think that somehow your bond with your doctor is better than anybody else's bond with that doctor. And sometimes you can overstep that. And I think that's, I, I don't know if I'm explaining this well. No, but, that's a great point. But, but you know, people... What are you doing with your doctor? People, no, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving the doctor as an example. Yeah, course, but, you know, like the person who cuts your hair, like I like to think, oh, you know, I have a really great relationship with, you know, this person. I, I you know, I know everything about them. They know everything about me. We talk, etc. But at some point you can kind of cross a line, right? And that's what happens in this movie where she thinks, Emma Thompson character thinks that, she knows this person well enough that she has uh, gained the right to encroach upon his personal she details. She becomes entitled. She yeah. becomes entitled, yeah. which is, I, I seldom see that aspect of any kind of, you know, relationship 
you know, any kind of service kind of thing where... And it changes the status of the relationship. And it completely relationship. changes yeah. the dynamic of the relationship, which I really admired. I really liked that piece. It was a good movie. twist. It was a very good twist. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Is that what I'm doing wrong with the gardeners? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you should immediately <laughs> have a more physical relationship with your gardeners. Yeah. No, okay. Um, anything um, else on this one? The acting is excellent. Both, oh, both of them. Both I, of them. I don't know... And, Uh, Daryl McCormack. I, Has, I he hasn't before. done much. But I think his role, you know, granted he's written like, you know, like Driven Snow, like, you know, just just like uh, like the perfect ideal, you know, sex worker. Be that as it may, he, his reactions, his, you know, he, he matches up step by step with Emma Thompson. So I, I really like that. And I think, you know, it's not such a bad idea if for once you know it sees a movie sees somebody through a female gaze you know for a long long time movies have all been about the male gaze so i it, it didn't bother me now that you mention it I, i i do think yes the camera kind of lingers on you know uh, mccormick but it wasn't annoying it wasn't annoying at all it was yeah. no no but it was just very obvious yeah that, that's all I, i wasn't annoyed by it i'm I, right. i'm trying not to make because i'm yeah, yeah. i'm gonna give my rating right now so <laughs> i think this movie was very good it's an eight <laughs> out of ten and i really did enjoy and appreciate it i think i'm i'm being no no i'm sorry no no we don't no. want to you don't you shouldn't have to be on no, no, the defensive no, yeah no, i'm not i'm not yeah. I'm, i say i'm being the contrarian to some right. extent because i think the movie did have some very real problems for me which stopped it being what i think would have Be could have easily been a nine or a ten yeah. out of ten. Yeah, like it's a it's, little it's, contrived. There yeah, are little yeah. contrivances. And, and I think the ultimate... The hotel worker is a student of hers. Yeah, the biggest... Gets overcooked. The, the, I think it would have worked, like you've both said, absolutely. If we'd gone to the play, La Jolla Playhouse to see this as a small play with three, four actors, mm -hmm. I would have left with my mind melted. Yeah. Like, it would have been... Amazing! I would have felt all of those moments. The fact that it's a movie sets the bar a little higher in mm -hmm. terms of grounding its world in some sort of reality. We expect more from a movie, whereas a play can be an interaction between individuals at a very personal level that we kind of just accept that there's some let's pretend going on. Um, I never got past the let's pretend. So very, very good movie. I recommend this to anyone. Uh, so just want to make sure that's clear. Yes. Uh, but eight out of ten. Yes, D. Uh, eight and a half out of ten, which I'm going to back down to an eight. Um, yes, maybe the movie ever, ever so often tips over a little bit into contrivance, but I think there's literally nothing else quite like it now or hasn't been in a long time. And if you're an Emma Thompson fan, I think you owe yourself to watch this movie. Uh, just very unexpected in many different ways uh, yeah and Hulu subscription is $4.99 a month it's you know a quarter of the price of a ticket so it, this movie itself might be worth just signing up for Hulu for a month and then cancel agree with everything you both said um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Emma Thompson and um, Daryl on a um, best acting supporting acting um, mm -hmm. list at the end of the year Yeah, um, she she more than he. She had much more to do. Correct, but he kept up with her, and I didn't think that she was over overacting him in any way. Um, so again, solid eight from me as well. I, I agree with you. Uh, a few of those little contrivances, if they had got rid of them, this could have easily been a nine or a ten. But it's a it gets a little bit overcooked at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the sessions, what a great reference. Yeah, mm -hmm. great, great callback. Because that one did work. 
um, yes. extraordinarily well. Yeah. yeah the, the whole, you know. But this is definitely worth your time. Please watch this. Yeah. And it's efficient. It's an hour and 37 minutes. Yeah. Goes by quickly. Yep. Okay. Moving along then to Happening, which, like you, Yazdi, my brain refuses to almost say that I want to say The Happening. Which but is it's not. not. It's yep. called Happening. Yep. And I have the intro to that one as well. Tell us um, about it. Yazdi is the only one of us who saw this. But I know as soon as you saw this, Yazdi, we got an email saying, go watch this. Um, so France, 1963, Anne is a bright young student with a promising future ahead of her. But when she falls pregnant, she sees the opportunity to finish her studies at and escape the constraints of her social background disappearing. With her final exams fast approaching and her belly growing, Anne resolves to act even if she has to confront shame and pain, even if she ha- if she must risk prison to do so. This sounds so topical, even though this is set in 1963. There's something wrong with that, but I won't go into that here since we are not a political podcast. Um, so this is um, directed by Audrey Dewan. It's um, written by Maria Romano and Audrey Dewan and Annie Arnaud. And it stars uh, Anna Maria, I'm going to ruin these names, Vartolome, Sandrine Bonnet, Casey Motet Klein, Luana Bajrami, and a whole host of others. So, Yazdi, is this in the French? Oh, it is in French. It's in, French. It's in the French language. Yeah, subtitle. Yazdi, this is running at 99% on the tomato meter. Yeah, Tell us about why it, it's so good. It's totally my kind of movie. It's based I'm on, sorry, it's on Hulu. Nope. It's actually not on Hulu. In I theaters. saw it. Go on, please. No, no, I was going to say. In theaters, Amazon Prime rental, Apple TV rental. So I saw it on Apple on Amazon Prime, but I had I had a credit for you know, for digital digital oh, use, so it showed up as you free for me. You allowed them to deliver, the, to deliver your book late. I, 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 let, them, I let them deliver things late. And you late, collected a dollar. And I collected like dollar, dollar, dollar. <laughs> and then I had, it's only three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. So I'm that's too impatient for that. Whenever they offer me a dollar for a, for a late delivery, I'm like, I want it now. Really? I'm, I'm always like, I'm always like, give me the dollar, give me the dollar. <laughs> Joe, I didn't even know this was an option. <coughs> because I never use me. it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, this is not about Amazon. This is about <laughs> the movie happening. Um, it's, it's a very handsome movie. It's a movie which. So topical. So topical. I, I don't think they could have timed the release of this any better. Um, it's set in the 1960s when abortions were illegal in France. And now that abortions, at least at the federal level, are illegal in the U.S., I think it's very, very topical. Um, And this tells the story of somebody who is not necessarily poor or not necessarily she's pretty well to do. And it's like a merchant ivory production. Oh, I love those. Yeah, it's so impeccably uh, dressed and impeccably acted and impeccably uh, put together. And it's very subtle. It does not. Be, it it doesn't need ever to scream and shout to make its point. It's it's very similar to that movie we saw last year. I was going to ask you: Never, rarely, sometimes, always. How does it compare? Well, never, rarely, sometimes, always is more contemporary, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a tad more unconventional. This one is a very conventional movie about a woman having to face, you know, a decision which, you know, has very very major impact on her life moving forward uh it's it's brilliantly directed i can't think of anybody who will not enjoy this movie uh 
maybe <coughs> if you're a maybe if you're of a particular political bent, you might find this a little too preachy. Uh, but I just, I, I, you know, so it, it's great when you watch a movie and you you become one of the movie. You lose track of where you are. You become, you know, I I, I was with, I was with her and I was kind of watching her and, um, you know, f feeling the pain, feeling the pain. And I think, you know, there is a lot of, uh, again, this is not a political podcast, but there is a there is a lot of very strong feelings on either side of the abortion debate um but but i think watching a movie like this can only help generate empathy so or at I, least discussion right yeah right okay yeah. so yeah. score oh an easy eight out of ten it's and i think this, this are you being stingy maybe maybe an eight and a half out of ten which i back down to eight but i think even if this wasn't about a woman getting an abortion i think if this was about a woman you know, who is deceived by a man or whatever. I think it's just constructed so beautifully. You know, th th there's nothing sloppy about this. Uh, it, there's a handsomeness, a polishedness to this movie, which I mm. really admired. So folks should check it out. It's only three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Or free if you... Or free to do late if three late. times, if you have Amazon four Prime, times. And th four times if you just... You know, wait a couple of days on your Amazon delivery. <laughs> you'll get credit to be used on your digital purchases, and then you can watch any movie for free. No, Rashmi's <laughs> looking at me as if I'm perpetrating <laughs> crimes here. Would you have waited an extra couple of days to get your hair dryer that you don't need until we travel? <laughs> no. If I had said save a dollar, you'd be like, "No, I want it now. I want to check it out." Don't judge me. It's okay. Nobody, no, nobody's judging. I would have waited for the baggies. See, I, I, I'm I like don't that. think you would. Some things I need early. <coughs> some things I need. I, 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 I think you want it. You would want it now because then it's done. <laughs> and, and there's a trick to it too. Well, anyway. I've been told. <laughs> if you're ordering five things, if you order each of them separately, and if you wait for each of them, you get a dollar each. But if you order wow. all five in a batch, you get only the one dollar on that whole. Yasdi, that's I, I, I hate <laughs> to be racist. That's very, very. Indian. That's very Indian, yes. And I'm yes. damn it, I'm proud of it. I you, love it. Your dollar. <laughs> you are the criminal mastermind that's causing yeah. Jeff I Bezos love it. to suffer. <laughs> oh God, poor Jeff Bezos. Yeah, poor How poor will he Jeff. ever survive? I know he has to wait another week until he flies next rocket. Oh, yes. oh man, yes. All anyway, right. uh, folks should check out Happening. Yes, And Happening will. is a direct translation of the French novel, which is The Event, Le Evenement. How do you say it? Le Evenement? Levantement. Levantement. Super stuff. Okay. Yes, the always making everything sound Portuguese. Levantement. Levantement. What did I say? Levantement. It cannot be repeated. You'll have to play it back and listen. I think we've had too many crispy puffy things. I think we have. Sugary stuff is really good. And we've got dinner. We're actually eating dinner. Yes. We are, yes. Rashmi's doing one of her fabulous roasts. Sunday wait, 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 but it's not, it's not where we like beat up on Yazdi for two hours and <laughs> pick on him. Not that kind of roast. Oh, oh not that, that kind of roast. We're, we're, we're doing a roast <laughs> dinner. <laughs> I know, I know. Did it. All right. Uh, let's wrap things up. Thank you as always listeners for listening. Um, we would say we do this for you, but we don't, we do it for us, but thank you for joining us anyway. And, uh, 
Movies at mail at moviewallers.com, twitter.com slash moviewallers, facebook.com slash moviewallers, instagram.com slash moviewallers, where you will be able to see a picture of my tates. What were they? No, potes. My, my potes. Potes and the, your tates. <laughs> my potes. Oh, I like because you were like taters. Well, taters. Taters. I think tates, I think tates would be tates better would than be my potes. My potes. My potes. Yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. he's awful. having offence with the potes. <laughs> my potes. <laughs> yeah, no, because there is a brand of potato chips from Ireland called tatoes. Tatoes, yeah. Tatoes makes sense. Yeah, tatoes. not potes. And we do call potatoes taters. Enough. <laughs> I'm going to Instagram my potes and my crispy puffy things. <laughs> Please do. And, you always uh, say that, but we don't do no, it. We no, we do. Joe does. Joe did a picture, yeah. I, I do. Joe is diligent. Every now and then, one, one in two things that we say will Instagram, I do. So, until our next episode. Well, actually, before you break off, yes. I was going to hold you accountable to when is the new music coming with our 500th show? Are we on episode 500 yet? No. Then I've got time. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> By the way, happening uh, won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival this year. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's why it got picked up for distribution, was released ah, so quickly. Yeah, it won okay. the top prize, yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, we will be having our 500th episode soon. Yay! Yes, I think this one will be 498. <gasps> <so>. We're getting there. <coughs> we are getting there. Yes. All right. Thank you again for listening. Till next time, too many movies, too little time. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well.